You're listening to Life Church Podcast with Pastor Bill Carpenter. Let's, uh, let's get into God's Word for a few minutes, all right? Pastor Dave talked to you about Nicodemus last week. Did an excellent job of presenting that, that uh, whole picture of the sort of religious person and the works person and the person who is wanting to do and follow, the, you know, follow all the rules and all that kind of stuff. And I'm going to show you a little bit different picture and we're going to look at God's response through His Son Jesus Christ in a whole different kind of avenue or venue uh, this morning. So uh, let's just get into God's Word and look at it. This is the story of the woman at the well. All right, so let's turn to John chapter 4. If you don't have a Bible and you would like one, I'm going to be reading out of our stock Bible that we have in the back, so you can grab one of those. Uh, John chapter 4, and we're going to begin reading at verse 7. And it's quite a lengthy little uh, story here, so I'm going to just read through it and ask you to just sort of follow along with me. We're not going to put scriptures up on the screen this morning. I'd just like for you to either hear the story as I read it, or if you need a visual, just follow along in your Bible with me as, as we read it. Um, I realize the time frame. I'm going to try to give you the high points of a, a, a sermon that, uh, that I could not preach in 45 minutes easily, much less in 15, okay? So uh, you're going you're to kind of get the, the, the high points across here. So I would hope that you would pray for me as we go through here and, uh, and, and we look at this, okay? John chapter 4, beginning at verse 7. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. And Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, You have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. And Jesus said to her, You are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but the Jews claimed that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, Believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, 
for salvation is come to the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in the truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. And the woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. And then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. Just then the disciples returned and they were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want or why are you talking with her? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and they made their way towards him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. And then his disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? My food, Jesus said, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying, it's still four months until harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work, and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. Verse 39. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. Let's pray for a moment. God, would you help us as we look quickly into this passage and would you help us to hear your voice as you speak to us in application of these words today? Would you encourage us through Scripture today? Would you bless us and would our eyes be open to know you in deeper and more wonderful ways? God, I pray for every person in this room today to be filled with your spirit and your power and to know your love would you help us now to receive what you have for us this day? May I decrease that you may increase through me as I speak your word to these people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I, I did a lot of research going into this passage because I really didn't know which direction I, I totally wanted to take with it for quite some time. And I, I really struggled with it. Um, but there, there's just so much here. And um, Pastor Dave did such a, a, an excellent job last week talking with you about Nicodemus and, and uh, where he was coming from and that, that kind of religious spirit and, and all of those works and such and, and doing, doing what is right. And um, this particular passage deals with, with someone very different than Nicodemus. It's someone who, who has broken the rules. It's someone who has lived uh, a, a rough life and... Uh, um, is her, her life is tainted uh, by her actions and by her choices, um, and yet she has this amazing encounter with Jesus. And so I want to I talk in, in, in sort of two paths here for just a, a few minutes, and, uh, and like I said, try to get a lot done in a short period of time because we, we are so low on time this morning. 
Um, but I, I want to first talk to you for just a moment about um, how Jesus deals with women in Scripture and what the Bible teaches uh, about that to the church today. And, and my intent in doing that and talking about that for just a moment is to demonstrate that Jesus placed um, a tremendously high value on women uh, throughout his life and his teachings. We see Jesus paving a road. We see Jesus, um, as, as the, the British say sometimes, he's, he's doing something that is pointy, uh, meaning that, that he, he's, he's sort of closing in here and he's, he's pushing through and he's making a, a way through here. And uh, you have to kind of understand that just, just briefly, the, the, the place of a woman in the first century Roman world and, and, and the Jewish culture and all, all that is, is surrounding that. And, and in that context, most frequently, women were regarded really more as like a second-class citizen and sometimes even as, as property. Um, both the Old and the, the New Testament present situations where where women are very much demoralized and they're depersonalized. Uh, but, but I want us to, to, to look at this and to understand that, that the presentation of women in, in the way that Jesus reacted to them and dialogued with them and engaged them, I think has something very important to say to us today in our life and our walk and in how we relate men, how you relate to women, how you relate to your own wives and and, 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 and such, but also how we as a church relate to women and see women uh, in, in, in the world. And, and I really believe that Jesus' regard for women was, was much different than that of his counterparts or his contemporaries around him. I, I think he treated women with a much higher regard, and, and I think there are a number of different ways that he did that. So I would like to attempt for just a few moments to address that and to talk to you just a little bit about that, because I think that Jesus really did demonstrate a very high value that he placed upon women, and he did that by recognizing their value as a person foremost. I think that Jesus looked at women just like he looked at men, and he saw them first as a person, uh, not as a particular gender, uh, and he did not treat either in the same respect or the same way that his counterparts did, all right? And so I want to challenge us. I especially want to challenge us as men in the church uh, that we look rightly towards our ladies, that we, we look rightly and we approach rightly the women of the, of the church. And I know that this is a splitting issue. I know that this can be a divisive issue in churches. And I'm not going to try to address all of those uh, uh, facets today. I wouldn't try to address them if I had 20 hours to stand here and talk to you, to be honest with you. I, I, I don't, I'm not comfortable in that arena of addressing all of that by myself. Um, so, but I want to talk to you about something that is in my heart in terms of how we as men relate to women and how the church relates to women. And, and um, I'm, I'm going to go back and, and, and make a couple of statements here and, and tell you this. I think that, that for every boy, all right, um, I think for, for every boy that is on his journey to manhood, there needs to become a place, there's a point in a, a young man's life where he, he needs to begin to realize that, that uh, my mom isn't always my mother. And, and, and by that, I mean that, that she had a life before I came along. She wants to have a life while she's raising me. And she will have a life beyond me. And, and, and I think some of us guys, I, I'm one of them. You know, I, I just saw my mom as mom. 
I, I didn't see the other aspects. I didn't see the other dimensions of my wife. And I think we can do that as, as husbands as well. We can see our wives. We can see her as wife. And we, we don't always see the other dimensions of our wives and the other thing, the other giftings and, and, and things that, that she can bring to the table. Uh, and oftentimes because of that, we shortchange the relationship and we don't allow our wives to be as involved in, in life with us as we need them to be. Because oftentimes uh, opposites attract. And a lot of times I find that my wife has a lot to offer that I don't carry. And so she actually can compliment me a lot more than I sometimes give her credit for or even utilize or, or take advantage of. And I think we do that oftentimes in the church, too, because I think we grow up out of a culture of reading Scripture and, and not looking at it in its context and not all the time really seeing what Jesus did and how he related to women in his life uh, in, in that short little period of time, I think he gave us some amazing opportunities to see how he put such a great value on women. And I believe that we need to understand that. And we need to, I, I think, need to go back all the way to the, to, to the Old Testament beginnings because Jesus quoted Genesis 127 uh, in, in Matthew 19, 14, and, and he says that God made them male and female both. And so he's saying that women like men are created in the image of God. Women are created in the same image just like men are. And, and they have a free will and they have self-awareness and they have a conscience and they have personal responsibility just as men do. They have all the other traits of humanity just as, as men do. And so I want you to think about that as we go and visit this story of this woman who comes to the well. Because I don't think that Jesus came to the earth primarily as a man. I think he came as the son of God. All right. Um, and, and, and I think he came in, in person, in flesh. Uh, but he did come as, as a man. But that did not, his coming did not in some way diminish the value or the importance of women. Are, are you following that? I think this is a very important place for us to land as, as the body of Christ. All right? He didn't treat women as, as females so much as he treated them as, as I believe, human beings, as, 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 as persons, if you will. And, and, and I can assure you that, that, um, that when you, you hear the, uh, the word disciple, most of you immediately think of a man. You think of the twelve. Very few of us think beyond that and think of all of the women. I, I would dare say that many of you don't know the names of a number of the women who were vital and instrumental in helping build or grow the New Testament church. And I, I want to challenge us a little bit in that, all right? That we see the, the great value, because I think Jesus showed great value to women. I think he, he showed great value in the way he treated divorce and, and the issues of lust. You know, he, he said that, that a woman is not just a sex object. You know, she, she's not someone to use and to discard. Uh, he, he even said to, to think lustfully about a woman is like committing adultery. He, he set the order right. All right? He, he talks, he, he's teaching us that, that women have rights as individuals and they're to be respected and they're to be honored. 
They're not to be avoided. They're not to be shunned. They're not to be put aside. They're not to be used. He places a tremendously high value upon women. Not only does he do it in that respect of of affirming them and and, and giving them uh, equal personhood, but, but he does that by ministering to them. And this is some of the beautiful character of Jesus here as we see him speaking to this woman at the well. Actually talking to her. Uh, co- making contact with her. Engaging her uh, in, in this place. All right, now, I'm, I'm going to try really quick here to wrap this up, all right? I'm gonna, I, so I'm going to go a bit fast here and uh, I'm going to cover a couple of things quick and... and, and and hopefully I don't miss anything that's really, really important here. Okay, so let's, let's try to hang with me, all right? Jesus is by this well in Samaria. Now, from what I understand, Jesus didn't necessarily have to go through Samaria at this time. All right? But he is there. He, he, is, he is in Samaria by this well. Now, you need to understand that the Jews and the Samaritans were like Israel and Palestine is today. They had nothing to do with each other. And the Jews thought very lowly of the Samaritans at best. Now, we have this woman who's coming out at at an odd hour of the day to this well. Now, why would you suppose she would do that? This woman is coming out to this well as a woman who has already had numerous husbands. She is coming out to this well as one who is with a man now and he is not her husband. Can you imagine the kinds of words that are spoken when she walks by? Can you imagine the way that she might be treated by others? Not just men, but even women. And if she already knows that she's being treated this way by her Samaritan family, what would she think of walking by a Jew? Or a Jewish man or a Jewish woman? And so she's coming out in the, in the heat of the day. The worst time to go and draw water and carry it back home. You, you saw some of the pictures in the video of what happens in Swaziland. And you heard what happens when it takes a long time to go and fetch water. Women get raped. We don't know all the circumstances that that preceded her having these kinds of relationships and these failed marriages and all these things that are going on. But here's what I want you to understand. And and now I want to be careful not to to speak about this now as though it's it's a gender issue because right now it's not, okay? She is a woman who has made some really, really poor choices. And, and, and there are several of those ladies, and I, I was going to talk about several of them this morning, but I'm not going to now. I'm just going to focus on, on her for just a few minutes here, and we're going to try to get out of here. But, but I want you to understand that, that men, men fall into these same kind of entrapments and these same kinds of situations as this precious woman. But she is so isolated. She is so off-put by society. She is so far from having relationship and support from other people. 
She is so out there that she gets up in the heat of the day and she goes out to this well to try to draw water. Thinking, I'll go when the women are not there. They'll go in the cool of the day. I'll go now. I won't have to deal with them. I won't have to deal with their looks. I won't have to deal with the the rejection. I won't have to deal with the separation. I won't have to deal with the names. I won't have to deal with the taunting. I'll go when all the men are not there, when it's too hot for them to be out there. And so I won't have to deal with the the, the sneers and the leering and and all all of that kind of stuff that's going on in in the faces of those men. Are you getting the picture of what I'm talking about here? And she gets out there and there he is. A man. A Jew. She starts to draw. I'm sure she's not. She's trying not to look at him. She doesn't want to look at him. Why why would she want to look at this? Of all people, why would she want to look at a Jewish man? She is in a place. Oh, she may have had hope early on in her life. But she has no hope now. She has no hope in this place. Five times she's failed. And so she starts to draw her water and he looks at her and he says, is she going to give me some water? I think probably it was not a quick response in some sense of the word. I think it was like a jolt. Oh my God, he has spoken to me. What do I do? How do, I, how do I handle this? And the only response she could come with was, why are you talking to me? You're a Jew. I think deep down there was probably a deeper response in her heart. Why would anybody talk to me? And they begin this discourse. And in this discourse, he begins to speak to her about her And he begins to open up her life like a book and read it to her. Not in any condescending or condemning kind of way. But he's just saying, this is is where you are. I I could give you water. Living water. If you knew who I was, you would have asked for that water. Well, then give me that water. Why wouldn't she want that water? I would never have to come back to this well again. I would never have to deal with anybody here again. I could just go and have that water and live in my closed little life and not have to worry about any of that again. Give me that water. And then he just, he hits it, right? And this is, why say, this is the beauty. He, he will deal with a man with his sin. He will also deal with a woman with her sin. None of us are excusable in that respect. But I'm going to tell you something. The beauty about Jesus dealing with sin that is different about the church dealing with sin that the intent of Jesus to deal with sin is to get you free of it. He speaks to her and he tells her all this stuff and she goes, I can't look at that. In the back of, in her heart, she's like, I can't look at, I can't look at that. That is too painful for me. Hey, let's talk about the Messiah. Let's talk about where people worship. Let's deflect a little bit. We all do it, don't we? And we do it with God. We do it with the Holy Spirit. Jesus is in some way relentless here. And before it's all over with, the Bible says that she is, she is running, not running away, but she is running to the city to talk about what this man has said to her. 
This Jesus looks at her and he never once condemns her. He never once judges her. He's just simply saying, you need to go and get that man and you need to come back here. And here's what I want you to understand, that every day is a possibility for new beginnings in the kingdom of God. And she asked about the Messiah, and this is the important, the little important nugget that we want to, to throw in there and, and solidify that wall that we've been trying to build all the way to Easter, and that is that Jesus is the Son of God. And that's what he tells her. I am that Messiah. I am that Messiah. And she goes into that city and she says, Hey, hey, this man has told me everything about me. Could he be the Messiah? And they come. The men of the city come. This is an amazing, amazing dialogue. Here is this woman who is considered waste. She has little value, if any, in the eyes of anyone. And yet, Jesus takes the time. Now, here's the beauty. I said earlier, there's not a strong indication that Jesus needed to go that way. You know the story of blind Bartimaeus? He cries out to Jesus to open his eyes and let him see. And everybody tries to quiet him down. And they tell him to just, just be quiet. And Jesus comes over and says, what do you want? He says, I just want to see. And Jesus heals him and he can see. Do you know that, Je- study it, Jesus never went that way again. That was his chance. That was his opportunity to encounter the Christ. I believe in my heart. <laughs> With every ounce of my being. That Jesus only went to that well in the middle of the day in Samaria for one reason. And that was to meet a lovely lady to whom he could bring redemption and draw in. And here's the beauty, and this is what I want to leave you with today, okay? I know there's a lot in there that I I have left out here, but we're almost at the noon hour here, okay? So I'm going to give you this. She runs into that town and she tells him, here's what's happened. And the men come out. And the scripture says that because of her testimony that he told me all things, they believed. And when they came out and they heard, they turned to her and said, you know what? We do believe. Not just because of what you said to us. Oh, but we have heard him speak ourselves. We have heard him, the Messiah. And this town is evangelized. You know, we're, we're wrestling over evangelizing a neighborhood. But I want to challenge you and I today that we leave here with something very special. And that is for every one of you sitting here in this room today, regardless of where you've been, there is a new beginning for you today. There's a new beginning. There's a new place in Jesus. All you got to do is come to the Messiah. Just come to the Messiah. And I promise you, He will deal with your sin. He will deal with your stuff. But He will do it in gentleness and care and compassion and great mercy. Because His intent is never to... I did not come into this world to condemn the world. But that through me, this world might be saved. 
That is the message of hope. And that is the message that, that went forth with this precious woman. She became, in that moment, a new creature. What did she become as a new creature? She became the ambassador of Christ. She became the person who would stand in the, in the, in the stead of Jesus. She would represent Him. Who can represent God? Who can stand in the place of God? Not I, not you, not any humanity, not in our own right, not because of something we have done. Nicodemus found that out. Jesus wouldn't let him go. He pounded him. You what? You think you are something? You think there's something you can do? You need the Son of God, and I am the Son of God. And he turns her, and listen to this. If you, if you kind of look at his time with Nicodemus and you look at his time with this woman and you look at the time of day and all that kind of stuff, Jesus spent a lot more time with this woman by the well than he did with old Nicodemus. Put such, such great value upon her. He saw beyond her circumstances. He'll see beyond your stuff. He'll see way beyond where you are and you can have a new beginning. I don't know where, where you've been and what you've done. It doesn't matter. A new beginning in Christ Jesus. It's yours today. Maybe you've been on this, this thing for a long time, but you've never really turned and said, yeah, he's the Messiah, and ran to share that with anyone else. Today you can become an ambassador of Christ. There is nothing that, that tarnishes you. There is nothing that invalidates you. There is nothing that causes you to be disqualified as an ambassador of Jesus Christ. Everything about Jesus qualifies you to serve faithfully and represent Him and witness for Him today. 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 You can do that. Would you stand with me? I want those who are going to be praying to come up to the front here. If you are finding yourself identifying with this woman in some way, not necessarily in her lifestyle or, or whatever, maybe you do, maybe you don't, male or female, but you've thought to yourself, you know, I just, I want a new beginning, I want a fresh start. Don't we, don't we all long for some of those kinds of things? But there's some stuff that's been in your life and you feel like that it has shamed you. It has, it has isolated you. It has cut you off. It has, it has pulled you back. It doesn't allow you to serve God the way that you want to. It doesn't allow you to be a voice, to have a voice, to represent God in some capacity. You don't feel that you are valid as, a, as, a, as an ambassador of Jesus. You don't, you don't feel that missional thrust because of something that you think contaminates you in some way or defiles you in some way or invalidates you in some way. I'm telling you today, you can get beyond that because Jesus has come. Jesus has come and His only intent is to, is to give you living water, to let you drink from that living water that oftentimes the Old Testament refers to as God. That living water that gives you life. You can have it today. And so I want to ask you, I want to pray with you. And uh, if you need prayer, these people are available, any of them, to pray with you today. If not, you're free to go out and visit in the, in the other room. But let me, just, let me just pray with you. Let me encourage you. If there's anything standing in the way, please come. 
please come and enjoy the benefit of knowing Jesus in such a marvelous way through his affirmation and his acceptance today of you. He will forgive you of your sin and he will turn your hearts towards the Father and he will bless you today. In Jesus' name, let's pray. God, I pray for every person in this room that you will bless us and help us to, to, to yield to the Holy Spirit, to what you are doing and what you are saying to all of us. We ask you, Father, that you would work deep in our hearts today. God, for those standing here who have, have felt as though that they have been in some way disqualified or shamed by their lifestyle. And they've longed and yearned to know you. And they've longed and yearned to, to taste and see that you are good. And to drink of the living waters and be satisfied. But the enemy has constantly bombarded them with the past in some way. I ask you, God, that you do an amazing work in their heart right now. Free them, Lord, to come. Free them to come and to drink from you the living water today. Let them find you. Have an encounter with you today in the next few moments, God. That their lives will change forever. Those, Lord, who have sat in the, in the chairs of this church and other churches and, and have lived years, maybe even decades, of trying to, to know you in some way or find you in some way, but something has just stopped them from getting that. God, would you break that away in the name of Jesus? Would you take away whatever the enemy has used, whatever lie he has spoken to them over the years of struggle, and would you today release them into your presence? And would you put your arms of love around them, and would you hold them and and affirm them and, and, and bring them into you, Lord, with your love and forgiveness? God, do this through your Son, Jesus Christ, for there is no other way. My friend, that is the only living water there is, is Jesus Christ the resurrected Son of God. So I ask you, come in Jesus' name and receive today. Amen. Amen.